I want to share with you this morning why Jesus came to this earth. Why did he come to this earth? We find it in Matthew eleven nineteen. if you want to turn there. Matthew eleven nineteen. We're going to title this, Seek and Save. That was his mission. And he went back to heaven and he turned that mission over to humanity, to you and I. That's our number one what? Goal. That's why we're here, what? To seek and to save that which is lost. So let's look at what Jesus has got to say today for our lives. Wonderful things. How many feel good in the Lord today? I feel so good in the Lord. Um, my nephew and him hadn't been here in four years from Washington State. and They got three, I'm telling you, wonderful children. I was so delighted how friendly they are. And the boy had grew nine inches during the COVID. So I guess that had something good there to happen. So didn't grow that much, nine inches in just a few years there. So that's good. Amen. I'd like to just say, bless, Lord, bless your word. Come on, Lord, bless your word. The word is eternal life. It's health to our flesh. So let's read here. Matthew 11 and 9. He went out to see a prophet. I guess I wrote that. I'm sorry, 19. I look at the wrong thing. 19. I'm sorry. They got it up there right. Okay. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they said, Behold, a man gluttonous, a wine-bibber, a friend of the publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified in her children. So the reason Jesus came to this earth was to seek and to save sinners. And he was called all kinds of names, wine-bibbers, gluttonous, ridiculed, put down. He was told them, disciples only go to the lost sheep of Israel. Don't go to nobody else. He said that those that are sick needs a physician. Those that are well don't need a physician. The Lord sent two uh, wise men. They traveled two years. Jesus was two years old when they got there. They followed the star for two years to come to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. They brought wealth and riches, spices and anointing to him. The reason that they brought the wealth that sustained him for the 10 years that Joseph and Mary would have to go to Egypt and stay. They had go there and stay 10 years until he's 12 years of age. So he financed them. I want you to start expecting something miraculous to happen in your life from God on a daily basis. Amen? When you get up in the morning, I want you to start expecting something wonderful that's going to happen in my life today. If you hadn't said it now, you need to be saying it right now. Peggy's oldest brother's in the funeral home. I visited, not funeral home, I'm off base this morning on a nursing home this week and had some wonderful experience, wonderful experience. Usually he don't know us, but this time he knew me. We talked and he said, Brother Bill, said the Lord is so merciful to me. You'd have to see his condition to hear that kind of talk. Amen. 
We just had a wonderful time together, read some scriptures and prayed together. So you're living in a blessed world. You say, Brother Billy, there's a lot of crime, but there's a lot of blessings of God that's opened the floodgates of heaven upon us every day of our lives. So the good thing God has given us today. So he came for this purpose. Jesus loves the sinner and the publican. It infuriated the Jews because he loved the sinner. We'll get to that again in a minute. He went and ate with sinners. If Jesus was on the earth today, I'm not sure he would come to Calvary Tabernacle. I'm not sure he would go to any other church, Brother James. I'm not convinced that he would because he only had three and a half years, Brother Melvin, to be on this earth, and he wanted to spend them effectively and efficiently what he came for. So the Bible said he visited and he ate with sinners and the publicans, and that infuriated the Jews because they didn't like that. But that's what he came for. And how many is glad that one day he came to your house? He came to your house one day. Everybody's born in sin, born in iniquity, but Jesus came to us one day and saved us, delivered us from the things of this world. Let's talk about Rahab a little bit in Joshua 2, verse 9. Notice her confession of faith. I'm convinced the church needs to learn and start confessing faith what they want to see happen. The Scripture tells us this. Listen to what she said. I know that the Lord has given you the land. She says, I know that. And the only reason she knew that, Sister Diane, she had heard what God had done for them when he opened the Red Sea and let them out. She had heard faith come by hearing. And you have to continually hear the word of God to build your faith. So her faith came just, she had never seen a miracle. Jesus said, blessed those that had never seen a miracle but still believes in miracles. Catherine Kuhlman's book says, I believe in miracles. How many believe in miracles? He didn't just come to heal your body. He came to heal your soul, to heal your mind, and heal your finances. He's come to bless you in every area of our lives. He came to seek and to save she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Then she says in verse 10, We heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Red Sea and how you crossed it. In verse 11, And the Lord your God is God of heaven above and earth below. God is not only the God of heaven. He's the God of this earth. He's here to bless us while we're here on this earth. Faith comes how? By hearing. We must continue to hear the Word of God. The Bible says this about deliverance will come through our lips. You ought to say amen. How deliverance going to come? Through your lips. Let the Scripture say this. Proverbs 12 and 6. The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Our mouth not only can deliver us, it can help deliver anybody else. We have the power and authority that Jesus has given us when he went back to heaven to do these things, a wonderful thing. Jesus tells the disciples to go. 
How many know that when you was born a Christian, born in the kingdom of God, the first message that God gives us is to go into all the world and let them know about Jesus? How many know that Jesus is wonderful? He is the greatest thing ever happened in our lives. There's nothing in our lives more greater than this. When I first got in the church and Sister Elna Draper testified one night, she said, I love Malam today more than I did the day I married him. Peggy and I just got married. I thought, how in the world can that be? But I want you to know love for your spouse and the love for God will grow with you as you grow. He loves us and he loves the sinner. He loves the sinner. And I want to share with you, Jesus paints pictures. He paints pictures. He gives a vivid picture of what their kingdom was going to be like while they was here on this earth. And Luke 4, it says, Peter says, At thy word I will do it. They'd fished all night and had not caught any fish. They was tired and weary. Now, he's fixing to show them what the harvest is going to look like. Cast out into the deep and do what? And let down what? Your nets. He let down one net because of unbelief. But God still honored him because he did that. And the Bible said that the net began to break, and they had to call the partners and they loaded down both ships, and the both ships began to sink with such a mighty great catch. You say, what that got to do with us? He's showing us what a great catch there is available to the world to come into the body of Christ. And he told them, they marveled. They marveled at it. He said, from now on, you will catch men. Now, the net represents prayer. Acts 6 says you got to pray first before you minister. For anybody minister, they ought to have a prayer life before you minister. Because that's where the net comes in to catch the fish. Now, Jesus done this beginning of his ministry. He began at the beginning of the ministry. To drive this point home, he does it again. He done been resurrected and then he asked him this question. In John 21, it's called the barren results. He paints a second picture to them. I mean, look, God wants us to see what he's got planned for your life. I believe you ought to pray for visions and dreams and trances. Get a vision of what God has for your life while you're here. So he's going to paint another one. And he... Had a fire going, he cooked some fish and had it ready to go for them. And, and he asked them, said, have you guys caught anything? They've been fishing all night. I'm not no fisherman. I, I, I don't fish. I, I thank God for people who does fish. A guy told me one time, he said, I'm fixing to bring you some fish. I said, are they clean? He said, well, no. I said, then don't bring them because I don't want them. I'm not going to clean them buddies, you know. I want mine fried on the plate if you're going to give me something. He said, well, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, then don't bring them. I'm serious about it. You know, I'm not going to clean them things. Somebody else can clean them. Amen? Amen. I like them better on the plate, ready to go. But he done had the fish cooked, had the fire burning, and he asked them, said, children, have you caught any fish? 
And they said, no. He said, throw your net on the right side. When we're working for God, we got to hear the Spirit of God. We can't just do something just because we feel the unction to do it or the need to do it. We got to hear what? The Spirit of God. They heard the Spirit of God. They're tired and weary. I don't know, Brother James, you ever fished with a net? Never fished with a net. Uncle Alvis and Aunt Mildred Kirkland did, and I've seen her wash them nets and them old wash tubs and trying to get them white and clean. How I many you know that net gets dirty? Brother Melvin, you ever fished with a net? No, I never have neither, and I'm not planning on doing it. I went and fished last night. Down at Pier 27. Yeah, I went fishing. Amen. Just sat there, and all of a sudden, somebody said, I believe they run out of plates. Put Peggy's and Phil's on a, a sheet, like a, look, look like a cooking sheet. All we had to do was just eat. Amen. And Jesus said, cast your net on the right side. When God gives us specific words what to do and do it, we will see miraculous results. He wanted them to see a picture what their work was going to look like winning souls to God. God wants us to spend our time to pray and win souls for his namesake. And the Bible said that net got so full they could not drag it to land. He said, come on, boys, and eat. I've got the dining table ready. I got it ready for your life. So we have to hear what the voice of God is telling us. And remember, the net represents prayer. Got to pray. I was struck. Sister Linda Whitley is not here this morning, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it. I was going to mention it while she was here. If she mentioned something Wednesday night, it really struck deep in my heart. Said some time ago, the Lord had moved on her to go and just pray all day. I thought, how strange that is. A few weeks ago, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go up to church when nobody's there. I want you to just stay all day and pray. And somebody else told me later, wasn't in, in that Wednesday night class, and said, I want to tell you something, Brother Bill. The Lord has impressed me about getting alone with God and pray. You said, I can pray at home. Sure, you can pray at home, but I guarantee you, most of your prayers at home are hindered. You got to get in a closet. You got to shut out God. You got to shut out the world. You need to get somewhere where you can be silent before God. And so prayer is what catches the things and hear the voice of God. The Bible said in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. There's a great harvest, a great harvest. Sister Sue was telling me not too long ago, they went somewhere, and, and she was waiting there, and, and this black person, I believe a young man, come up and said, Ma'am, would you be offended? Sister Sue, I hope I got this right. If I was to tell you how nice you look, and she said, No, I wouldn't. God had opened the door. She knew it right then, that God had opened the door for her right then to witness that young man. She had a great opportunity, and she told me how wonderful it was just talking to that young man and telling him about Christ. I want you to know when we walk with God, God's going to open some doors for us, 
It may be at Walmart. I don't know where it may be. Maybe just when you're visiting somewhere, be ready to be what God has called us to do, to witness to someone and win them to Christ. Amen? That's our number one purpose here on this earth is while we're here, make sure people can hear the gospel. And Jesus said in Luke 10 and 2, the harvest truly is great. We're living in a world, crime, not only me, but you can listen. Crime is what? Out of control here in America. Like it's never been seen and before in, in this world, what they say, since they've been keeping record. There's a greatest need of a harvest right now of people's lives. And the way we have to go about it, some people say, well, we need to get out and visit. Jim Symbol, pastors of church in Brooklyn, New York, downtown, one of the worst places in Brooklyn, New York. When he first started, he got so discouraged, didn't have hardly nobody, and the pews were falling apart. A friend from Florida called him, said, Jim, come down here and go out on my yacht and spend some time. Can you imagine what he was thinking laying on that yacht? I'm going back and quitting. No more. But the Spirit of the Lord came to him. He said, go back and teach my people to pray. Today, they bought an old theater, seats 4,000 people. They have four services a day on Sunday. 4,000 in each service. On Tuesday night, they have prayer. They cannot even get in the building. They stand outside. And somebody said, well, you need to walk the streets. And he said, we live in an area that you don't dare to walk the streets. Crime is so high. So you say, Brother Billy, how do they get them? Prayer. When we begin to pray, talk to God, cast out the net, he's going to draw them. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, the word lifted there means crucified. If I'm crucified, I will bring all men unto myself, or I will draw all men to myself. So we have to bring the kingdom of God to them in the worst places in the world for those things to happen. Jesus says, and John 4, 35, Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields the world of the people, for they are ready for what? Harvest. This world is ready for the greatest harvest we've ever seen in this world. There are several books, one of them by a well-known preacher. Will America wake up again or are we going to sleep? It's awesome. How many believe we're going to wake up? When we begin to wake up and begin to seek God and pray, for these people that are lost and undone without God and see that their lives are touched by God. We're living in a world that's sick. I'm talking about physically. You just got to drive up Texcana, Wadley, and St. Michael, anywhere you go. There's a need of a great harvest of souls in the kingdom of God. He said, pray, therefore, Matthew 9, 38, Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Jesus said, launch out and let down your what? Nets, let down prayer. P. 
Peter Cartwright was a famous evangelist during his time. He went in a place one day that where they served alcohol and where they had dancing. That is no place for a Christian. Is that right? We don't dare go there. But he went in there and sat down. This young lady come over and said, would you like to dance? And he said, yes, I would. I love to dance. He said, I got up and I got a good hold of her, pulled her up real tight, and I prayed. said, I don't dance. But I have to pray to Jesus before I dance. He said, I started to pray. And he said, the Holy Ghost fell. He said, the anointing of God, people fell out on the floor. Some run out the door. The people playing the instruments up on the stage, some of them threw them down and run out. And one of them said, my Lord, what's happening to this place now? I tell you, when you, you just don't do that if you want to do it. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Is that right? You've got, you got to be able to recognize when God opens the door and do it. And when the miraculous things of God happened in that service tonight, that, that service that night, because he obeyed God, obeyed God. I was thinking this morning who was up here praying, the footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I just felt like we ought to anoint one another's feet and, and be anointed, that our footsteps be ordered by God. Jesus said, let out, launch out, and let down what? Let down your net. Listen to what Job says in Job 18 and 8. For he is cast unto a net by his own feet, he walketh into a snare. What Job is telling you, if you ever watch some of the old movies back years ago where they used to catch animals in Africa, how'd they catch them? What'd you say, Brother James? They take a truck and do what? And run along beside them and do what? And that's what he's telling right here. Sinners can be snared by our prayers. Because that's when God is going to move and work when we begin to pray. Because he commanded us to pray. We ought to pray everywhere. Pray about the harvest is so great. The fields are so white. It's a great and mighty harvest waiting for the church, for the wonderful things of God. We must be led by the Spirit and let down our net. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. Jesus said, cast the net. Prayer. Acts 6, which I think really refers to the minister. We must give ourselves to prayer. The first duty of a minister, especially a pastor or evangelist, the first duty they have is to pray. They are to learn to pray for the ever minister. That's found in Acts 6. You have to pray and then minister. Praying brings forth the anointing, the parable of a great supper that Jesus talked about. You know, when you've ever seen the movie Peter, and Jesus picked Matthew to be one of his disciples, and Matthew was hated. They hated Matthew. Why did they hate Matthew? Oh, he was what? Say it out loud. Oh, he was a tax collector. It hadn't made much change, did it? <laughs> the people are coming around now, you, taxes everywhere you look, you know, taxes, taxes, taxes. They hated him because he was a tax collector. But Matthew threw a big party and invited them all to come. 
And all went but Peter. He wouldn't go. He stayed outside because he was angry. He was mad because he'd chosen Matthew. And Jesus leaves the party and goes outside and sits down beside him and talks with him. Who knows what they said, but they got up and went back inside. The harvest is so great. You and I have been chosen to gather the harvest. The first step is to pray, to begin to pray for these things. Listen to what the parable says here. So the, the, the servant came and said to his Lord, These things then, the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly under the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, that means people have the missing arm or leg or whatever, bring in the halt and bring in the blind. Go out. We can't go out in the streets. Dr. Cho built a church. He died recently. There's over a million people. He said, you can't win people by passing out tracts, and nor can you win people by knocking doors. You've got to learn to pray because when you pray, God will draw them unto the kingdom of God. He stressed that throughout his years of ministry to pray, and God would bring the harvest. So it goes on here in verse 22. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. How many believe that God wants his house full? Every church on this planet, he wants it full of sinners. I'm glad I'm here. How many are glad you're in the kingdom of God? Have the blessings of God on your life. He wants it full. He can take care of all those things. In verse 22, it says, And the servant said, The Lord, it is done. And then verse 23, he said unto them, Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them then to come into my house that it may be filled. Now, the word compel, you would think you've got to go out. Go out and do what? But he's already told them the key, the first key is to do what? Pray. When we pray, it's going to compel them to come in. You remember the film, four films we watched several years ago? This couple was called to go to a certain city and they've been there for quite a few years, and nobody never came. Nobody never came. So he asked the Lord, said, why? You call me, nothing's happening. And the Lord said, you have never unpacked your bags. You put them under the bed. You never intended to stay. He got their bags out and unpacked them, went out and bought two plots, him and his wife, in the cemetery. They were planning on staying. A few days later, a guy was driving down the road. He was a drug dealer. He'd been wronged in a drug deal. I don't remember what kind of gun. He laid down on his front seat, loaded. He was angry. He was on his way to kill those people. He was so angry. He said when he went by that church's drive, that car just turned in by itself. He said, I couldn't hold the steering wheel. I tell you, because they had decided, the pastor and his wife had decided, we're going to stay here. He went in the church with that gun. 
and went up to that pastor and told him what I'm fixing to do. But the Lord moved on me so strongly, and that car just turned in here, and I couldn't control it. And he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and turned to the Lord. Lost my handkerchief, I think. But anyhow, when we lived out there at Night's Bluff, there's a store up there and a four-way stop. And this guy drove a little maverick. He run the stop sign one day. He told it. He, he told this story in the in the grocery store there that one day, and uh, highway patrolman happened to be there. Pulled him over and said, "Sir, do you know run that stop sign?" He said, "Yes, sir. I sure did." But said, "I'm dating this widow woman over here." Told her who it was. Said, "This car is so used to going over there." Said it couldn't help itself. It just had to turn. It was just as anxious to go over there to see that widow woman as I was. Said, I just had to go along with it. Said, the highway patrolman laughed so much. Said, why don't you just go on your way? Said, I'm not going to give you no ticket. <laughs> you know, God has such power and authority. I don't know whether he had anything to do with that or not. But I tell you, God has power to change people's lives. Why don't you just look around and go look yourself in the mirror sometimes to see how much God has changed your life and how he's blessed you so much. Pray for the harvest. The Lord would send labors unto the harvest. Jesus ate with sinners. He ate with Simon the lepers, and they, they didn't like that. The reason I say that, if Jesus was here on this earth today, which we are Jesus, is we would spend, he would spend most of his time where? Where do you think he'd spend most of his time? You know, I'm amazed at the Scripture in John 20, I believe it is, said, if all the things Jesus had done is written in the books, the world could not hold the books. He did that in three and a half years because he spent time with the sinner. Spend some time with the sinners. Let's read this right here. Luke 14, 12, 14. When thou makest a dinner or a supper, Call not thy friends nor thy brother, neither call thy kinsmen, and neither the rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again and recompense you for your service, so to speak. This is what he said in verse 13. But when you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, for they shall be blessed, and they cannot recompense you. He's saying the greatest thing that we can do to help win the lost is to eat with the sinner and bless them because they cannot bless you back. That's what he commanded the church to do. Sometime a few years back, Peggy went with me. We was invited to go to a a deal where the, the hear this speaker that was going to be there, and uh, he was he told how he was raised. He said I was raised in a small town, sort of average like family, didn't have much, and said our daddy every once in a while would go to the grocery store and buy some extra groceries. He'd buy some toys and things, 
knowing that a family in the country needed that. And he'd make us go with him. He had four kids. He'd make us go with him. We'd go and visit him. He'd show them the food and the toy that he'd give the kids. And then he would make us hug every one of those kids. I said, sometimes some of them was pretty nasty. But he made us hug them. He graduated from high school, went on to college. Some says he's a billionaire today. I don't know where he is or not, but that's not the point. The point is that his father went where the center was or where the need was, and there he spread his table, and there he gave toys to the needy. That's where the great harvest comes in, harvesting of the souls, gathering in the soul. We shall come rejoicing doing what? Gathering the soul, gathering the harvest. Let me read you Matthew 25, 35 to 40. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Verse 36, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. I just, the Lord just dropped in my heart about Mike Hooker and I went to Wadley one time. We was visiting the hospital. We come out, and, you know, he's a guy that he couldn't talk on the cell phone and walk at the same time. If he got a phone call on the cell phone, he's going to stop. And we come past this young man and girl was outside weeping, and, and uh, so he started talking to him. I went on to the truck, and uh, eventually he come to the truck, and, he said that family had just devastated. Their home burned last night. And he told me before we went up there, I said, now I'm going to buy your lunch today. And when he got in the truck, says, I can't buy your lunch today. He said, I give them every dime I got because there's such a need there. Harvest time, sowing. There can be no harvest until what? Them people, I don't know where they, that was they were telling the truth or not, but Jesus said, bless those that can't bless you back. Harvest time, seed time. I know I've told this story before, and I know Diane has heard it before, but she wants to hear it again. Joel and Victoria went to this restaurant to eat one night. He said, we got the worst service I ever had. They never brought me my food, and I just getting upset. Said I ate off of Victor's plate, and the Lord said, "I want you to give her a big tip." He said, "I'm not giving her nothing because of the way she served." How many of you? That's the way we do. We get a bad service, we're not going to tip. Is that right? And we're going to go out anger. We're justified. We're justified. And the Lord said, now, you're going to give her a big tip. He said, I'm not. I, I mean, you know, the Bible said in Isaiah, come, let us sit down and reason together. Here, the, here you've got two people reasoning, God and Joel reasoning. And finally, he told the Lord, well, I'll give her a big tip. How much? He told her. You know, that sort of shocked him. So he left a big tip. That girl went home that night, said we had the worst night we have ever had at that restaurant. Cooks didn't show up. 
A lot of waitresses didn't show up. They told about this man and this woman that we didn't get their plate, but said he left me the largest tip I've ever got. Said he must have been a man of God. I believe the next day they were watching television, and there Joel was. She said, Mama, that's the man. We're going to that church. We're going to make a, our home at that church. What if he hadn't gave that tip? What if he left there angry because he didn't get the good service? It wasn't a righteous fault. That's what Jesus is teaching here, to give, sow a seed. It's up to him to bring the harvest. Let's go ahead to verse 38. When saw we the stranger and took thee in and naked and clothed thee, they asked this question. When we saw thee sick or in prison and come unto thee, the king answered, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you have done it to the least, one that can't pay you back, and that's what you've done. You know how many of the Lord's keeping a record of all of the good things we're doing? He's keeping a good record when we sow a good seed. Sometimes God might move on us. We live in a world today that we have the greatest advantage as any generation's ever had. We have a great advantage. You may not be able to go visit, but you could give a phone call. I've had people tell me, said, especially when, well, don't nobody ever call me. I guess they had a phone to just dial or wouldn't dial out. If you're going to have friends, you got to be what? you got to show yourself friendly. Sometimes, if, how many know sometimes what a phone call will do to some people? Joel Osteen said one time, said, I was feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life. I was really down and out. So I looked on the list at the church, the people was in the hospital. So I just run my finger down and said, well, I'm going to call this one. I'm going to call this one. He did, and a young man answered the phone. And one said, when I got off that phone, that young man was telling me his situation was terrible but said such an attitude that I've really never seen among somebody in so distressful situation. He said, I was really lifted up by that, and I felt good. When you sow a seed, you'll reap a harvest, and that's what God has planned for our lives, for us to reach up a harvest of the wonderful things of God. And so that's where Jesus spent most of his time while he was on earth with sinners because he knew he only had three and a half years. And he encourages us the harvest is great, it's plentiful, and the way to gather the harvest is pray. So why don't you make a point, if you're not, pray for God to put somebody in your path, somebody in your path. Maybe when you go to Walmart, put somebody in your path. Maybe when you go to the grocery store, just utter a prayer, and maybe God would drop somebody in your path. As you go, God bless you for being here today. I want you to have a glorious day in the Lord all day long. And the Lord will bless you abundantly. God bless you for being here.